What's up, everyone? Happy Football Friday. Good to have Jimmy back. All right. <laughs> Talking preseason week two. We had a game last night, the uh, the first tie of preseason with with the uh, new rule that they put in a couple years ago. People keep saying a couple years ago, it doesn't feel like the no tie rule has been in for that long, but... Here it is. Uh, in Philly last night, Eagles 18, Browns 18. Um, I was pissed. I took live minus two and a half for Philly and uh, thought Tanner McKee had it. I, I thought he was going to drive him down the field and, and get the game-winning field goal for Jake Elliott, but uh, got sacked on third and long and was not to be, I guess. But... Um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson got the start in this one. No Deshaun Watson, no Josh Dobbs. Uh, DTR continues to play well, 13-25, to 25, 52%, 164, four carries, 18 yards. Um, Kellen Mond, similar stats, though, 12-24, 50%, 126, one touchdown in the second half um, to keep Cleveland in the game there. For Philly, though, uh, Marcus Mariota played like crap, and I was so pissed because I had Eagles' first half spread as well. Um, 9 of 17, 52.9%, 86 yards, one pick. At least three occasions, three of those incompletions, he threw the ball high, um, including the interception that he had was a ball that was way too high over the middle. Um So, yeah, it was not a great night for Mariota. Tanner McKee, though, continues to play well as a sixth-round pick out of Stanford, 10 of 18, 55.6%, 147, one touchdown. So I was very happy with McKee. And, uh, like I said, DTR continues to play well for Cleveland in that uh, QB3 battle there. I think pretty soon you got to consider playing uh, Josh Dobbs because, I mean, I watched this game, and DTR and Kellerman both played adequately, in my opinion. So, I mean, I think you can make an argument that DTR deserves to be a second-string quarterback, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, unless you really think Josh Dobbs is that guy automatically, I mean, I haven't heard much in terms of training camp news for the Browns, but, I mean, I'm looking at DTR. I'm seeing QB2 right now. I mean, Kellerman, he's – he played poorly in the Hall of Fame game, but he, he really looked solid. I mean, there was that play, I can't remember if it was third or fourth quarter, he just avoided every tackle known to man and got like an eight-yard first down. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed. I was like, all right, this guy looks like he has a lot more command than he did in the Hall of Fame game. So, I mean, I think, you know, preseason week three and four, I think you got to just, I think you got to play Dobbs. I think you got to see if Dobbs really has QB2 unlocked because, I mean, DTR, I mean, I've been impressed. I've watched both of these preseason games, and he's got command. I mean, his percentage uh, uh, percentage is his completion percentage is not great, but I mean, he he looks like he has command out there. He's gotten some great back shoulder throws, like him and uh, what was his name, uh, Watkins Jr. and uh, Cedric Tillman. I mean, they had a couple of just back shoulder catches mm-hmm. that he put there perfectly. So I mean I I think you gotta just I think you gotta like treat him like he could be QB two instead of QB three. No, yeah, I I agree. I don't know why um, 
they didn't play Dobbs. And by the way, only three weeks of preseason. Only three um, weeks. That's yeah. right. I forget. <laughs> I keep having my mind back on the old rules. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, preseason week three. I'm not sure if we're gonna see Dobbs next week. Uh, like you said, I think it. They should. It should be the Dobbs and DTR show. DTR should get the start. I would. I would put him in anyways in the beginning of the game. Then play Dobbs in the second half. But we'll see how Cleveland plays it going forward. Maybe they just don't want to uh, to put a rookie as the backup right now. But um, leading rusher in this one, Trey Sermon for the Eagles. Five carries, 54 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. One catch for 14 yards. Good on him to come back from the fumble. Um, the only time that the Eagles looked like they were moving it on uh, with Mariota in uh, Sermon fumbled the ball on a screen pass. So, um, but got the touchdown then late later in the game. So good to bounce back for Trey Sermon there. Uh, you mentioned the Browns wide receiver Austin Watkins Jr., two-time USFL champion with the Birmingham Stallions. And, I mean, he has to make the Browns roster at this point. Um, he's played well in every game, just like DTR has. Um, seven catches, 139 yards, a touchdown, 14 targets. That's just massive workload for a preseason game. And uh, I was pissed because... In my DraftKings lineup, I had I had him in there originally. And right before the game, I heard DTR was starting. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to put Walk. I'm going to put DTR as the only Browns player in there. Yeah. So <laughs> that worked out well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... I was really impressed with the wide receiver depth across the entirety of the Browns team. I mean, we have Watkins and Schwartz here. You know, Schwartz did well, Watkins did well. I like Tillman, too, that rookie from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I was high on him coming out of college. I was a big fan that if the Vikings couldn't get a wide receiver in the first round, I wanted like Tillman in the second or third. I thought he was going to be really good. And he showed flashes as well. I think the Browns got a surprisingly good wide receiver uh, group. I mean, you got Amari Cooper, you got Elijah Moore, and now you got, you know, a couple guys in this preseason, uh, you know, roster that just really looks solid. You know, I think the Browns are going to have a really tough decision filling out the fourth and fifth spot on the wide receiving uh, depth chart. I mean, they got some guys. Yeah, I mean, depending on how the rest of the roster shakes out, you could make a case for the for the Browns to keep seven possibly at wide receiver. Um, oh, yeah. But we'll see there. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Anthony Schwartz, 10 targets, double-digit targets as well for him. Four catches, 33 yards there. You had uh, Brady Russell, rookie tight end out of Colorado, catching a 22-yard touchdown from Tanner McKee. And um, defensively, there's a lot of great performances in this game. But I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go with hmm, – Probably the – I'm just going to pick an, an Eagle because I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, linebacker Christian Ellis for Philly. Five tackles, three solos, two tackles for loss, one pass selection. He had a really solid game everywhere, fighting for um, trying to get into one of the starting linebacker spots. 
is uh, Christian Ellis. So good performance in that one. And also, I want to mention uh, Nakobe Dean had a fantastic game as well in the first half when he was in, even though uh, he uh, – no, never mind. Nolan Smith got shaken up, unfortunately. But Eagles got hit hard with injuries in this one, six injuries total, I believe. Luckily, uh, all the guys are okay, especially the two guys, Tyree Cleveland, wide receiver, and uh, defensive tackle Moro Ojimo there, both getting carted off um, with uh, head and neck injuries. Both have concussions. Cleveland has a uh, neck sprain as well, but all doing well, though, seems like. This kind of stuff happens when you're starting preseason. You know, you're getting bumps and bruises for the first time in about five, six months. So, I mean, this kind of stuff happens. And I always see coaches and training staffs just being overly cautious when it comes to, you know, preseason. Like, these, I would say about half of these guys could have probably finished the game. and just went, mm-hmm. ah, you know, I'll face it later. But it's preseason. You take these guys out, you don't take that risk. You know, this isn't a game you have to win. So, I mean, I, I watched the game. I mean, these injuries didn't seem overly concerning. I mean, I remember a couple guys getting carted off, but – Nothing seemed scary, I would say. It right. just seemed like, all right, we're abundantly cautious right now because it's preseason. These guys are young. This is probably the first or second time they're taking, like, real tackles in months. So, I mean, you you just – you play it by ear in preseason. And you just – you play very safe. So, I, if – you know, if I'm the Eagles, an Eagles fan, I'm thinking, all right, you know, they're playing it safe. I'm not worried. These guys are probably going to come back for preseason week three and at worst, they're just going to miss the last game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, The Browns covered plus four and uh, under 36 and a half by the hook. Always nice. By the Katie York Shanks. Always nice for that to happen for the under betters there. I don't Um, know what it is about Katie York. I'm surprised we don't have a mention here, but man, Katie York had this problem last year. (laughs) I I get he's a young kicker, but... It feels like every time he the the second he misses a field goal over forty yards in a game, he's not going to make one over forty yards for the rest <laughs> of the game. It just it really does feel like it gets to his head. Like he started the game really strong, went three for three, you know, made his kicks. You know, like there were no doubters, mm-hmm. and then like he missed that one far right penalty on Eagles. And, I, and I'm watching and I'm like looking at his manuals. I'm like he's somehow going to miss another one. You know, and he missed it far left. He overcorrected. <laughs> I feel like that's been Cade York's story since he was a rookie. Like, when he's hot, he's hot. When he makes his first, like, field goals and just keeps the rhythm going, he's good. But, man, once he misses one, he's missing everyone for the rest of the game. Yeah. So that's a big concern for Cleveland. You know, going yeah. Forward. Yeah, we'll see if they uh, bring in any competition the last couple weeks here. Okay, let's move on to some news here. USFL news, the New Jersey Generals getting some uh, some players back, re-signing linebacker Colin Hill. Uh, excellent season last year for the Generals linebacker. Good to have him back in the fold in Jersey. College football news, uh, just one thing. We have, uh, I guess it's not official yet. I haven't heard anything, but Auburn... Uh, expected to name Michigan State transfer Peyton Thorne as their starter. I expected that all along. I didn't 
really uh, I can't remember who all was in that competition there, but I figured Peyton Thorne was pretty solid at Michigan State, um, so he would be the best option for uh, for Coach Freeze there in his first season for the Tigers. NFL news. Uh, Former Lions and Steelers head coach Buddy Parker has been selected as a coach contributor finalist for the Class of 2024 Hall of Fame. Um, hyped about that, Steelers coach, so um, good on that. I was shocked when I got that notification. I was like, they picked that that early? But I guess he's not the finalist. He's, he's a finalist, um, so I guess there are going to be more. I, I don't know, though. Coach contributor, uh, and for the seniors, the seniors are always a weird process. I, I don't really understand the, the seniors committee Hall of Fame process. But Can I, like, grab the senior committee by the neck and tell them to put in Jim freaking Marshall anytime soon? <laughs> like, my God, how is that man not in the NFL Hall of Fame? Like, I'm wearing a Viking shirt, so I'm obviously a homer. But what are they thinking? It's Jim freaking Marshall. Yeah. The pinnacle of defensive ends. And you're telling me he's not Hall of Fame worthy when Buddy effing Parker. Who the hell is Buddy Parker? Hey, man. No offense, my Steeler fans, but who is this guy? You walk to a random NFL fan, any team, you go, hey, you know who Jim Marshall is? So I'll go, oh, yeah, Iron Man, the, like, the, one of the toughest linemen ever played like 270 consecutive games in one of the most like physically demanding uh, positions played in four Super Bowls multiple all pro multiple pro Bowl like still to this day holds the record for most force fumbles in NFL history and you're telling me he's not as like the seniors aren't paying attention to him like who did he kill who did he kill to <laughs> piss off the 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 senior you know committee you know I'm about to go off. This, you know, this podcast is over now. I'm gonna spend the next 35 <laughs> minutes like Jim freaking Marshall should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Hey I'm man, kidding. Buddy Parker was was a uh, was the pinnacle of coaching in the in the 50s, I believe. I believe he coached the Steelers in the 50s. Uh, was pretty in solid the 50s, with the Lions the- as well. Um, Pittsburgh in the 50s, though, they were awful, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was the co-head coach of the Chicago Cardinals in '49, and then uh, he coached the Lions from '51 to '56, and the Steelers '57 to '64. So he was like the he was like the guy that ushered in the the Steelers, you know, in the real Steelers in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, uh, I guess, man. I don't know. I mean, of any like senior contributors to the to the you know, great league that is the NFL, like I I don't understand how you pick him over Jim Marshall. Wow, I'll fight that to my grave. I mean, Jim Marshall <laughs> should be in the Hall of Fame. It's like it's classless at this point. I mean, my goodness. Uh, another guy here, former Chargers tight end Antonio Gates. He is going to be inducted into the Chargers Hall of Fame on uh, December 10th against the Broncos. So definitely wor- uh, worthy uh, of that. Antonio Gates, other than LT, probably, uh, I would I would probably say Antonio Gates is the second greatest charger of all time, right? 
I mean, it's either it's either him or Philip Rivers. Yeah, I would say. I mean that those mid two thousands teams of San Diego were dangerous. I mean, and it really was the offensive three headed monster of Rivers, LT, and you know Antonio Gates. Like, I remember like genuinely being shocked when they just wouldn't make it to the like the Super Bowl. Like it was. Just, <laughs> They lost the Patriots. <laughs> oh, that interception fumble. <laughs> to this day, I am just like, think I, I just think, like, imagine if that cornerback who had that interception just went down and just didn't try to get yards, just, like, caught it and just laid down. Like, how much, how much different would history be if he just made the smart play there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nine-point loss. The closest the Chargers got during uh, the 2000s with uh, Rivers and and Gates and company there in uh, the 07 season. I mean, I'm looking at his pro football reference page right here. I mean, you look from 2004 to 2011. You get eight straight years of Pro Bowls. You have uh, three all-pro first teams and two all-pro second teams. I mean... Those mid one, you know, those mid two thousands, early, very early twenty tens. Like Antonio Gates was probably other than Tony Gonzalez, the best tight end the league had to offer. Oh yeah, for sure. And and Gates ushered in the the basketball to football transition for tight ends. So oh yeah, also a game changer as well. Um, Good and, for him, man. What was that? I, I want to say it was good for him. I mean, he deserves it. I don't think, I don't think he'll be long until he's in NFL. He's in Canton. I yeah. think he he will be an NFL Hall of Famer. I mean, he defined that position for a very long time. Uh, in Washington, Ron Rivera naming uh, second-year quarterback Sam Howell as the starter. Expected. Um, I was talking to a Commanders fan yesterday, actually, that I Ubered. Um, and uh, they were saying how his uncertainty about the quarterbacks it's situation since Howell hasn't been officially named the starter. Well, there you go. He now is officially the week one starter for the Washington Commanders. And, I mean, Ron has to. you got to hit your boat to the highest ceiling at this point because I don't think Josh Harris is going to give Ron Rivera a very, sh- very long leash. And uh, if they start losing games, I, I don't think it will be – very long before uh, Ron Rivera is not the head coach anymore. Yeah. And, I mean, when he played uh, last year, it was a, just a very, very, very short stint. But, he, I mean, Howell played well. I mean, just it was an awful game. <laughs> yeah, it was a game. You know, he did okay. And, I mean, at this point, you know, Jacoby Brissett is a career backup. He's very solid. He's very reliable off the bench. But if you want to be a team that – at least wants to act like it's making noise, you can't really start Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like Jacoby. I liked him when he played for Cleveland. I thought he was really good last year. I think he really stepped up in Sean's absence. He kept him a playoff contender. But you drafted Sam Howell to, you know, eventually be that guy. There was a lot of hype around him. You know, they drafted him. They had Carson Wentz. And there was a clear expectation that if Wentz – was not the guy it was going to be how and right now i think commanders made the obvious move i mean 
you're high on a quarterback, you draft him high, you give him a year to learn how to play professional football. I think, I think this is what you need to do. You just, you need to play him. Well, that's also the thing is like, he was a fifth round pick. So he doesn't have any pressure. Yeah. Um, on him, he can play freely in his uh, now first full year, full off season in the NFL. Um, but also on the other side, like I mentioned with Ron, if the season doesn't go well for Howell, I mean, Washington, Josh Harris, he'll get everyone new. He'll get a new head coach, new GM, new quarterback. Why not? You're a new owner. Just, just get oh, yeah. your own people. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I if I was a betting man, I would bet this would probably be Ron Rivera's last year. I mean, yeah. they have to they have to unironically they have to win the NFC East if Ron wants to keep his job, mm-hmm. and I really don't see that happening with the NFC East right now. Yeah, and, that's the thing. They have all they have playmakers. It's just can Howell utilize them correctly. Um, NFI activation here. Raiders getting uh, their first round rookie defensive end Tyree Wilson into practice finally, uh, activating him off the NFI. So, not sure if we're going to see him this weekend or not. Um, hopefully, we get to see him preseason week three next week. Um, but if not, you know, we'll see what the uh, Wilson Crosby duo looks like there in vegas week one yeah i mean i doubt he'll play this upcoming pre the rest of the preseason i think they're really just going to try to get him back in the game shape and then i think he'll just start the season as a depth defensive end defensive lineman and just mm-hmm. ease him in because i mean when you when you can't do a lot during the off season due to injury you know you, it's really hard to go from nothing to everything so I think if Raiders are if the Raiders are smart, they're gonna you know they're gonna say, hey, this is a top ten pick, you know we don't want to ruin them right away. So yeah. let's take our time. Let's just let them get back in the game shape. Let's make sure he knows the playbook. Let's make sure he knows, you know, his chemistry with his fellow defensive linemen. You know, let's take our time. Uh, well, a whole bunch of injuries occurring in practice this week and also I mentioned last night um, for Philly one at the end of this this section here but the uh, starting out with Tampa the Bucks wide receiver Russell Gage he is done for the year knee injury Wednesday um, carted off I never actually heard exactly what it was whether ACL uh MCL, LCL, whatever, meniscus. Um, but, yeah, he's done for the year. So, and my my USFL guy on Twitter, uh, he's like, they, they need to look at maybe Corey Coleman out of the, the USFL. But I commented back, I was like, yeah, but they have a guy already to foot it, put in that third wide receiver spot. My guy, sixth-round rookie, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. I love Trey Palmer. Super fast, 4-3, speed, and uh, made a great catch week one against the Steelers in the back of the end zone, toe-tapping uh, toe to get a touchdown. Um, so if he's ready, I, I think uh, the Bucks 
would be all right with uh, putting Trey Palmer into that wide receiver three spot behind Evans and Godwin. I mean, I I would. I mean, I watched. I didn't watch much about of that game, but I did see something, some things about Trey Palmer. I knew he was very good hands coming out of college, and I mean, he showed it. He had four receptions. He had one touchdown. I mean, why not? I mean, you have very. The, the wide receiver depth in Tampa was thin to begin with, and losing Gage is huge. I think you gotta. I think you just gotta stick with what you got on the roster. Give Trey Palmer the chance. He played well, so might as well. Uh, on the same day, it was kind of crazy because I was at Packers training camp uh, with our guy Peter Jean, and I was just like, you know. In between segments of practice, I was checking uh, Twitter and stuff. So, uh, the same day, though, on Wednesday, Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks goes down as well, carted off. Luckily for him, though, unlike Gage, he is okay. LCL sprain. Um, should be out a few weeks, but uh, week one looks like it's still in play for, for Burks there. And they need him. They, you know... Before Hopkins signed, he was the only real wide receiver that they had. Um, and now that they could have a, a, a one-two punch at wide receiver would uh, make Ryan Tannehill's life a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, that's a really – it's kind of like the Buccaneers situation for me. That's a really weird wide receiver depth chart in Tennessee and losing – I don't want to say – the like your best wide receiver, but probably your most consistent right now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Is is a big blow. No. Yeah, and he I mean he, he need he just needs reps. I mean, got the concussion last year against the Eagles was out uh I don't know, three or four weeks there and then you know, it was never really the same between the quarterback switches and everything down the stretch there for the time. But anyways. Uh Moving on to Baltimore, the Ravens corner, Marlon Humphrey. He had foot surgery out indefinitely. That's a massive blow to the Ravens defensively. Corner was uh, their thinnest position on the roster, which is so weird because, like, two years ago, it was the most deep when they had Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, all kinds of guys, Um, and now it's one of their thinnest spots. So uh, they signed Rock Yassin, luckily. So he'll start, and they're going to need some some young guys to step up in Baltimore while Humphrey is out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember they had a lot of depth back then, but they were also very old. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean, I'm, look, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and I'm just seeing – I'm seeing kids, man. I'm seeing just guys that are one, two, at most three years out of college just hoping for the best. <laughs> So I mean, I mean, he also lost uh, Demarion Williams too, wasn't that right? They also lost him for a little bit. I don't know how long though, but I think he's marked as hurt. Yeah, ankle surgery for Demarion oh, Williams yeah. there, uh, yeah. fourth rounder last year out of Houston. So yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're gonna need journeyman Daryl Worley. They just signed Ronald Darby, kind of given away one of our, our signings on the uh, the free agent signing segment there, but uh, I'm pulling a Logan because he does that all the time. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I mean, they're going to need Jalen Armour Davis really isn't an outside guy. He's more of a slot, a nickel to me. Um, but, yeah, I think Ronald Darby is going to come in, step into that outside corner spot right away because I think he's their best option there in terms of uh, starting corners. So, yeah. Detroit here, uh, Lions wide receiver Jameson Williams. What more can go wrong for him? Uh, um, he has a hamstring injury now, likely out for the rest of the preseason. So, uh, see you in week seven, Mr. Williams, after he serves his six game suspension for gambling violations. Yeah. I mean, that kid cannot catch a break, it feels like. Some of it. Is just self-inflicted wounds, like the gambling thing. But man, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember uh, last year Vikings traded with the Lions to give the Lions that pick, and I remember Viking fans, including myself, were not happy <laughs> about seeing Jamison Williams going to the Lions. But I'm guessing that uh, I'm guessing that our uh, GM saw something in Williams that he didn't like and was very willing to trade back. And right now he's being proved right. I mean, Jamison Williams has. One reception, it's a touchdown. We don't talk about it because it was against the Vikings. But he's got one reception, and he's going to have only one reception in about one in a third-year career mm-hmm. after being a first-round draft pick. Like, this is bad. Like, if you're the Lions right now, like, I and I don't know what you do. Because, I mean, you lose Williams. You also lose uh, Dunzel Mims. I mean – that wide receiver room is weird. Yeah, well, they got Amon Ross still. Um, they re-signed Khalif Raymond. They got Marvin Jones back. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be okay, um, especially with the, the running with Tamir Gibbs now in play. So, we'll see. Yeah. The Eagles, I uh, mentioned they got hit hard with injuries last night, but uh, one guy got injured on Monday in practice. Linebacker Hassan Reddick hurt his thumb, had surgery on it, but it, there's not a lot of concern right now. Should be ready to go week one, they said. Um, so I'm not really worried about it either, especially because of how well Nolan Smith has played. I know he got hurt last night with a shoulder, but it seems like – he's okay um so with how well nolan smith has played even if we have to ease reddick into the the first week or two i'm i'm very comfortable nolan smith has played lights out so far in camp yeah i mean he also signed cunningham and jack over the offseason so i mean i don't i don't think even if here you know even if Reddick has to miss maybe a week or two just to fully heal. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that uh, linebacker uh, linebacking core is going to take too much of it. I think they'll stay on their ground. So yeah. I mean, again, not the end of the world. Like most of the Eagles' injuries, it feels like this off season. It just feels like a lot of precaution. Just a lot of just mm-hmm. as long as surgery goes well or as long as recovery goes well, you know, the train will keep moving. Yeah, I don't like that he's listed as a linebacker um, because he plays defensive. Same thing with Nolan Smith. They they play stand-up DN. <laughs> They're just two-point stance DNs pretty much. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what uh, Daniil Hunter is on the Vikings, yeah. you know. They'll be like, oh, he's an outside linebacker. He's like, I, if if I see Daniil Hunter going back in the coverage, uh, we're going to lose the game. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not what he's paid to do. Like, do not let Daniil Hunter. Yeah, like they have Daniil at, like, labeled as weak side linebacker. It's like, mm. no, it's not. That <laughs> is not a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, well, also with the Eagles last night, bad news corner, Zach McPherson had a great game, uh, got targeted a lot by DTR, but, um, you know, ups, some ups and downs missed, missed, uh, missed some breakups that he could have had, but otherwise I thought he played very well, but he is done for the season, torn Achilles last night. Um, so a hit to the Eagles corner depth. Which is interesting because uh, now maybe Josiah Scott makes the roster. I know the Eagles broadcasters were talking about him last night. He was playing in the second half as a nickel. Um, but now maybe maybe Josiah Scott, who has played uh, for the Eagles in a regular season a couple times and had four starts last year actually, could uh, make the roster now. For Indy, uh, last two injuries here. The Colts losing a couple guys for the season. Wide receiver Ashton Doolin um, tore his ACL. And uh, defensive end Gennard Avery, um, LCL and meniscus injury, both um, out for the year there. So not major ones, but I think Avery is the is the harder one to uh to hit the roster than Doolin because they needed some defensive end pressure. Obviously they're getting pushed in the middle with DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, but um I know defensive end has been an issue with them lately, especially Yannick Ngakwe no longer there. Yeah. I think if you're a Colts fan you're really, really hoping for a massive improvement from Quiddy Pay. I mean mm-hmm. He did a little better last year than he did in his rookie season, but, I mean, a grand total of 10 sacks in two years is really not going to cut it um, from a defensive end that you draft from the fir- in the first round. You know, they're definitely going to have to expect more from this kid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that defensive end you know, depth is not fantastic. You know, they got a lot of young guys, and they're really hoping that they really step up. You know, El and Quiddy Pay, but if they don't step up, I mean, defensive end is one of the most important positions on defense. And if if they don't play like the, you know, like the guys they expect them to be, you know, you're in a lot of trouble because you don't have that veteran, you know, depth like you had of Ngakwe. I mean, you you just need these kids to step up. Yeah, luckily for the Colts, it's a rebuilding year. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. <laughs> You want them to step up, but at the same time, it's like your expectations are still pretty much to the ground, you know? Yeah. You're hoping Anthony Richardson has a good year, and you're just hoping the young guys show some improvement. But, yeah. I mean, the world's not going to end if they don't play well, but you're really hoping they take a step up, you know, and prove to be like, you know, prove to be players that you look at and go, yeah, you deserve to be on this team when we eventually start contending. Uh, one release here, you mentioned it earlier, uh, the Lions waived 
with an injury designation, wide receiver Denzel Mims. He had an ankle injury, and then during rehab, he got a calf injury. <laughs> uh, so he is not going to make uh, make the team here, which, luckily for Detroit, that gets them two picks back. Um, the conditional trade with the Jets for Mims was that he makes the 53-man roster, uh, which he will not. So they get uh, their 2025 sixth and seventh round picks back from the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Mims is going to be a free agent for long. I think I remember the Vikings have a lot of interest in him. I remember um, God, what other team was it? I think it was the Chargers that liked him a lot. Was he or Chargers or Rams? I think it was a team that played in LA that liked him. Mm-hmm. I think. If you know, if you're a team that wasn't able to trade for him, you're probably just gonna be monitoring monitoring his uh, injury recovery. And you're, I think he probably gets signed a couple weeks in the season to a team that just needs wide receiver depth or loses a pretty big wide receiver. And if Mims makes good recovery on his injury, I think a team's gonna go, all right, let's give him a shot. You know, let's give him a contract through the end of the year. Yeah. I like Mims a lot. I think he got the short end of the stick in New York a lot. And this injury is very unfortunate, but I don't. I don't think he'll be a free agent for long. I'd real. I would really be surprised if he didn't end the season on the roster. Yeah, I think he'll be back in Detroit um, once he's healthy, and they'll, yeah. they'll just re-sign him. Yeah, this might be a way to circumvent the trade. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I have an NFL investigation into that though, because I mean. <laughs> Because, you know, the Lions, they need more controversy with their players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, some free agent signings here. The Ravens getting some pass rush help that they desperately needed. Signing Browns defensive end Jadavian Clowney. One year, $6 million deal. Um, gonna gonna fit well in the rotation with the, the O pass rush. Uh, Oway and Ojabo there. So, good. Yeah, I mean, he's still very solid. I mean, he was good with the Browns. I mean, it's weird to think he was a first overall player back way back in the day. At this point in his career, uh, from what I saw with Cleveland last year, he's definitely more of a run stuffer um, than a dominant pass rusher like he used to be. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's depth, and I mean – I I I can't slander a team for getting depth for one year. You know, Clowney is you know what was it two or three time Pro Bowler. He's mm-hmm. been around. He's been on good teams. He's he's been on bad teams. He knows how to play the game. He's only he's only thirty, right? Yeah, he's he's ju- he just turned thirty, so it's like all right, you know. I like I like both these signings for the Ravens. I mean, yeah, especially the cornerback one because with Marlon Humphrey going down. But yeah, I mean. Smart moves by the Ravens. Um, and like I mentioned, the Ravens also signed corner Ronald Dar- Broncos corner Ronald Darby one year, three point two million. Um, so yeah, again, I expect him to be the 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 week one starter. Um, yeah. Hey, that's Super Bowl champion Ronald Darby to you. <laughs> 
his former team, the Broncos, signing a uh, <laughs> signing a Sean Payton dude. Uh, of course they are. Uh, Saints running back Dwayne Washington. Uh, Sean Payton loves Dwayne Washington for some reason. I I don't know why. Uh, he absolutely just loves Dwayne Washington. Special teams, third down receiving back. That's what he's going to be if he makes the roster, that is. Broncos have some good depth at running back, so um, we'll see if, if uh, Dwayne can do anything in Denver. Yeah, I mean, I've got nothing really to say to that one. It kind of reminds me of uh, uh, what signing was it? It was that Ram signing when they got that, like, Johnson the third guy back. It just kind of felt like, no, oh, this doesn't do much. It really just feels like Sean Payton wanted some depth in his running back room and just saw a guy he used to coach and said, all right, bring him back. And then a couple visits, the Giants hosting uh, Cowboys linebacker Anthony Barr for a visit. Uh, Also has visited with the Saints recently, so Barr still trying to figure out to find a team, but, you know, we'll see. Your guy, Anthony Barr. (laughs) My guy. You know, funny story about Anthony Barr. Was it the 2014 draft that he was drafted? We had the seventh overall pick. And my just idiotic self hammering the pine to get Johnny Mintz up. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted Johnny football. And then we drafted Anthony Barr, and I flipped. I was like, are you kidding me? We got this no-name linebacker from UCLA over Johnny football and uh, glad we didn't yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will always look at uh, Anthony Barr with uh, a lot of joy because I'm like thank god you're not Johnny Mansell <laughs> pretty solid, pretty solid uh, solid return on that one <laughs> yeah but I mean I'm kind of surprised he's still looking. I mean, I didn't, I don't know what he really did with the Cowboys. I felt like he was just more depth linebacker, but I mean, he's good. I mean, he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not great in pass, you know, pass coverage, but he's solid, you know. Yeah. Uh, I can help that Giants run defense. The Dolphins hosting Chargers corner Bryce Callahan for a visit. Uh, Crazy. A couple years ago, Bryce Callahan was the class of nickel corners, and now he's just reaching at straws trying to find a job at this point. But good place to start uh, trying to find a job in Miami where they desperately need corner help uh, with Jalen Ramsey out. So uh, I think that would be a great spot. And he already knows the defense. Played with Vic Fangio in Chicago. So um familiarity with the scheme i think it'd be i think it'd be a good fit for callahan in miami there yeah makes a lot of sense one xfl signing uh the falcons they signed brahma's linebacker delante scott falcons have been one of the couple teams um that have been signing a lot of xfl usfl uh players so no surprise they signed another one. Delonte Scott, excellent season for the Brahmas. Um, hopefully he can make the roster in Atlanta. 
And then uh, the USFL to NFL Jets, they signed Showboat's corner, Nehemiah Shelton. Um, don't like that one as much, even though it is my Showboat's guy. Corner is one of the positions that the Jets um, are pretty solid already on. Um, so I don't know how much of a chance he's going to get. But anyways, to play, get film out there in the NFL. So. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about preseason week two here as I don't see any other news on the feed. Tonight we got two games. Uh, first up, the Panthers 0-1 at the 0-1 Giants. Giants getting three points at MetLife here. Um, total is 38 7 p.m. NFL Network tonight. I, you know, obviously Bryce Young's going to play. Um, hopefully they, they play him more. I'm looking for, you know, possibly a quarter of, of Bryce Young in the ones. Um, it's going to be another another tough test. Uh, the Giants' defense is, is no joke. Um, I don't think they're as good as the Patriots, but uh, or, or the Jets, I mean. But, um, uh, I still think uh, it's going to be a good test, especially the Giants' front. Um, Panthers' offensive line has to play a lot better than they did against the Jets. But um, hopefully Bryce can get some rhythm and, and get some points on the board in this game. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, and I am looking at the under. I like the under in this one. Um, both defenses are pretty solid and I don't really know. I haven't heard anything on, on whether Daniel Jones and the starters are going to play for New York. Um, I, I would think they are given the, uh, the spread is in the giants favor, but even so, um, Tommy DeVito played well last week for the giants He'll play in the second half. Um, we'll see how much we see of Tyrod Taylor in this one. But the the biggest issue, I think, spread-wise, is, is that the Panthers' backups did not play well. Matt Corral struggled last week. Again, the offensive line was the biggest issue uh, for Carolina. But um, we'll see if, uh, if Corral can play better. And I'm not really expecting it. That's why I'm picking the under. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this one because of both of the defenses. Uh, the other game tonight, 0-1 Bengals at the 1-0 Falcons. Um, I don't know why. This is crazy. Falcons getting 6.5 at home tonight. Um, total is 38.5, 7.30 p.m. tonight. Uh, you can watch it on NFL Plus. But uh, I was shocked when I saw the six and a half. I was like, did you not watch the same game I watched in Miami last week uh, for Atlanta? Um, now, maybe Desmond Ritter and the starters are going to play this game. Logan Woodside played the entire game last week for Atlanta. Um, so maybe This also might be a sign that like no Bengals starters are playing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. I would expect the Bengals starters to play. Obviously, we're not going to see Joey B, but um, I think 
that uh, the Bengals quarterbacks did not play well last week against Green Bay. They struggled a lot. Um, it's in, it's going to be interesting to see which guy gets the start because I mentioned this on Monday on Tuesday. Um, Jake Browning got the start and he's actually listed as the second quarterback. I was shocked when I watched that Packers game last weekend that Browning was starting over Trevor Simeon. So we'll see if it, I expect it to be Browning again, I guess, now that he's listed as the, the QB2. But um, I didn't think Browning played bad. Uh, Simeon didn't play well. But um, hopefully I have, a, I have a teaser with the Bengals in it, plus 16 and a half. So... <laughs> Hopefully they can cover that and not get blown out like they did against the Packers last week. Um, but yeah, it'd be I, I'm interested to see the the Falcons that they play the starters. See how get our first look at Bijan possibly um, in this game. Yeah, I I think that's probably just going to be the biggest storyline of this game. Just how does Bijan do against a very solid defense in the NFL? Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, the, the, the quarterback battle for QB2 in Cincinnati is also something to watch in this game with Browning against Simeon. Um, I don't really have a play on the total. I would look at the under, though, in that one as well, based off how the Falcons played last week. They needed a punt return touchdown and a pick six to win the game against the Dolphins 19-3. to um, So, that's something. Yeah. Uh, I might be crazy here, but I think they might hit the over. I have a weird feeling about this game hitting the over. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think this is an over game. I mean, I think... Uh, I, I think both teams have just... Even though mostly the starters aren't really going to be playing if they are too much, I think there's just there's a lot of decent offensive power on both sides. I think they might get a, you know, a couple back-to-back scoring drives. I I think the over's going to get hit. They both scored 19 last week, so. It's going to be <laughs> hilarious when the final score is like 9-3. to three. <laughs> All right, uh, the big slate tomorrow. Uh, most of the league playing there. It's a quadruple header once again on NFL Network. So, uh, first one up, Jag, 1-0 Jags, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites at the 1-0 Lions. Total for that one's 39-and-a-half. 1 p.m. NFL Network. Um, we'll see if we, uh, we get the Lions starters, because we didn't in week one. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and, and the Jags starters did play last week in Dallas, so... Maybe we expect them again. I think they had joint practices, though, in Detroit this week, so maybe they don't play. But, um, yeah, I, I think the the Jags looked pretty good in Dallas last week in terms of the starters other than the interception that Lawrence threw. But the, the Lawrence to Calvin Ridley connection looks solid uh, at this point in training camp. And for Detroit, it's all about the defense. Uh, how does the defense look? Do they have uh, an inkling of who the linebackers are going to be? Uh, that's one of the bigger position battles 
for the Lions D. Yeah. Um, for that one, I don't really have a feeling on the total. Um, I would probably look at uh, Lions spread though, possibly. I don't know. That's a that's a game that I'm kind of staying away from though. Uh, Dolphins 0-1 at the 1-0 Texans. Two-point favorites at home is Houston. Uh, total also 39.5, 4 p.m. NFL Network. Miami, we're not going to see the starters. Uh, Mike McDaniel doesn't play as starters. So it's going to be another <laughs> another week of uh, Mike White. <laughs> and uh, what's his face? I forget the other guy. Thompson, Skylar Thompson. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> My guy, Skylar. Yeah, yeah, Mike White, Skylar Thompson. It's going to be another week of those guys. I would expect anyways. I I don't believe um, in the couple seasons that McDaniel has been in Miami. I don't think he's played his starters at all in the preseason. Um, so, and for Houston, we're going to see C.J. Stroud again. Uh, same thing, though, just like Bryce Young does – he improve from week to week. Um, even though he's not going to go against the Dolphins starters, the Dolphins defense is still deep, and uh, they're still good, even as even the backups. So just like Bryce Young again, I'm going to go back to Bryce Young again, it's going to be another week uh, of a tough test against uh, another good defense there in Miami. So we'll see. We'll see how C.J. Stroud does. Third time I'm going back to Bryce Young, though. Offensive line for Houston got pummeled last week in New England. Uh, they got to play a lot better. Yeah. And, I mean, this may be reading too into it, but I think if C.J. Stroud just has an, just another one of those performances like he did against the Patriots, I think you got to consider starting a season with Davis Mills as your starter. Because yeah. it really does – it really, I remember watching that Patriots Texans games and just watching him. And he just, CJ Stroud just looked like a deer in headlights at all times. And it, to me, the, the, the solution doesn't really like, doesn't really hinge on whether or not, you know, the offensive line is actually as bad as it is or not. Cause if it is bad and he's screaming for his life the best thing you can do is not put him into a position where he's dying every single week as a rookie mm -hmm. and if they are good that's an even bigger stain on cj stroud because then it's a reflection of him just not doing his job correctly and not being ready to be an nfl quarterback so i mean i think if you're stroud you have to look at this game and be like listen i have to play like i deserve to be the starter on in week one because you know, if if I'm the head coach of the Texans and I see just another absolute dud against Miami, like we saw against the Patriots, you got to start Davis Mills in the beginning of the season. Because I mean, I don't see how C.J. Stroud could start the season as QB number one after you know that. Yeah, well, he's the only one of the top three quarterbacks that hasn't been named the Week One starter so far. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're definitely onto something right there. And Davis Mills, uh, played 
better than him last week um, against New England. So, yeah. I mean, and he's he's not a world beater, but his two years as a starter in, in Houston has been adequate enough, you know. Yeah. Plus, you have Case Keenum, too. I mean, yeah. if it gets bad, I would almost think C.J. Stroud is QB3 on that depth chart behind Mills and Keenum. I mean, if it gets that bad, it gets that bad. And maybe he really just – maybe you just need to give him the Patrick Mahomes treatment of just saying, like, hey, you're not starting a rookie season. Yeah, Davis Mills is my guy. I absolutely love Davis Mills, even though he didn't play well last year. But um, hey, No one on Houston did. <laughs> Uh, and plus, you know, C.J. Stroud's a Ohio State quarterback, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I always tell people like when it comes, to, it also comes to just with Justin Field too. It's just like I've never seen a quality <laughs> quarterback come out of Ohio State. Um, and as a fan of the rival, oh my god, I have never heard m- more like chest beating from Bears fans after having the worst record in the NFL. <laughs> Then I like they gen, they genuinely think they have a shot at the division. Justin Fields is not a good quarterback, and he mm-hmm. has not proved it yet. I'll give him the benefit of saying yet, but this guy is zero and eight in the NFC North in his entire career. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, um, I in that game uh, I like the under again. <laughs> Mike White, Skylar Thompson, y'all. That's that's all you got to know. That's all you got to know. Skylar Thompson's <laughs> going to sky it out. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. an easy under for me. I mean, um, even if I were to lose that bet, I wouldn't even like. I wouldn't even care because back. <laughs> all right, like it was so obvious. I don't even care if I'm wrong. All right, uh, good one. I think this might be the best matchup um, this weekend in the in the preseason, possibly. The 1-0 Bills are one-point favorites on the road in Pittsburgh uh, against the 1-0 Steelers. Um, total is 42. That is the highest of the weekend. 6.30 p.m. Uh, tomorrow. Kind of mad this wasn't on NFL Network or, you know, any other networks. Um, the Steelers got shafted. Their first two games aren't on any... any uh, primetime special networks uh their last one is on nfl network but yeah i think this game is going to be really solid especially if the bills play their starters like they did in week one um i know the steelers probably will play kenny pickett and company again um looked excellent in tampa bay looking for them to do it again i mean um the picket the pick picket to pickens connection is is on fire right now george keeps making one-handed catches in practice and uh the deontay johnson connection also last game was really solid had three catches on the the one drive they had so i'm excited about this steelers offense and uh the young bucks on defense played well also keanu benton at nose tackle and nick herbig at outside linebacker both wisconsin badgers um so yeah i'm really hyped to watch the steelers tomorrow yeah i like that game i think if i had to choose a game to watch on that day it would definitely be that one i think right now they're probably just i don't want to say obviously they're not the best teams but i think 
what you're seeing now is probably the most complete version of both of these teams. You mm-hmm. know who's the starter basically at every position. At this point, it's really just, okay, let's figure out the rest of the depth chart. I mean, the Bills are the Bills. Steelers are the Steelers. I, I think we're going to get a very – probably the least ugly game of the preseason, if that makes sense. I think you're going to see teams that, like, both these teams are just going to be, you know, a little more uh, crisp with their passes, better with their play call. People aren't going to be missing assignments. I think this is going to be a really good one. Yeah, and uh, for Buffalo, one thing, if if uh, you want one thing to watch for the Bills, it's the uh, corners. Um, they're still figuring out who is going to be the guy opposite of Tredavious White, uh, whether that's first former first-rounder Kyer Elam, um, Teron Johnson, and uh, the incumbent Dane Jackson also in that mix, as is um, 2022 sixth-rounder Christian Benford as well. So all four of those guys fighting for that one spot. Um, Teron Johnson... Probably they don't want to put him there. They like him at nickel, so they'll probably keep him there. But um, the other three guys definitely got a shot at it, and they're just hoping and praying that that Kair Elam takes the spot since they spent uh, high draft capital on him. Um, I don't really have a play on that one. I I know it's the highest total of the weekend, but uh, I would go over. I mean, Matt Barkley played well last week, as did Kyle Allen for Buffalo. Um, Mitch Trubisky played not great <laughs> for the Steelers, but Mason Rudolph played well last week in Tampa. Um, so I expect high-quality play, kind of like what you said um throughout most of the game here. Next one is uh, the 1-0 Bears at the 0-1 Colts. Colts getting five at home. That's ridiculous. Um, total is 37.5, 7 p.m. NFL Network. And can we see uh, what we saw last week out of Justin Fields and the offense? Two drives, two long catch-and-run touchdowns. Um, can we see Justin Fields throw the ball more than five yards? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was about to mention. I mean, that Tennessee defense was just embarrassing. I mean, you had two screen, two basically just screen passes go for like 50 yards and score a couple touchdowns on you. That's that's not pretty sight. I mean, I think, uh, I think if you're the Bears, you got to really just – be prepared for the Colts to play in on you. Kind of like expect them to play close to the line, expecting you to like do a lot of uh, short passes. So, you know, Justin Fields probably is going to be forced to open it up this week. I think he got he got the benefit of doubt last week. Titans are playing him back. He played it short and he benefited from it. But uh, I think the Colts are going to play it smarter. I think Colts are going to say, all right, we're going to play up on him, and Justin Fields is really going to have to, uh, you know, have to figure it out. Uh, and for the Colts, uh, how does Anthony Richardson play coming off 
uh, being named the starter for week one. Um, Got to play better than he did last week. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of trial by fire in Indy right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No JT, so we'll see uh, Deion Jackson again as the starting running back, I expect. But, yeah, I, I have the Col- I have the Bears. Um, I mean, I'd be comfortable taking the Bears plus five, um, even though the backups for the Bears offensively didn't really play well. Um, but they did get some some offense from um, Tyson Badgent, actually. The undrafted guy out of Shepard, Mark's guy um, out of Shepard there, which uh, he sent me an article today about there's a quarterback conundrum, uh, backup quarterback conundrum now with Nathan Peterman, that QB3 spot. Um, yeah, P.J. Walker really didn't play well. Neither did Nathan Peterman. But Badgent gave them some offense. So we'll see if, uh, see if he gets some more run in this game than he did last week or not. Um but yeah, I like Chicago plus five, and I actually have them as a teaser. I think I got them at uh, plus like fourteen and a half or something like that. So, yeah, I hit I hit on their teaser last week. So I would I would love, I'm, I'm rooting for the Bears for the second straight week in a row. Um, total wise, I like the under in that game. So. Yeah, under makes sense. I think the Colts' offense has kind of been iffy, and other than their starters, Bears' offense has also been kind of meh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Buck Owen one Bucks at the one and one Jets. Jets getting three and a half at home. Uh, total is thirty seven seven thirty tomorrow night. Um. Yeah, I, Kyle Trask is going to start this one. Baker got the start last week. Um, struggled until, like, drive three or four, and then finally got the touchdown in there. Kyle Trask struggled a little bit against the uh, Pittsburgh pass rush. So we'll see how Trask does with the starters this week. Um, it's it's not going to be fun. Uh, can tell you that against that Jets defense. Um, so good luck, sir, uh, Mr. Trask. But that's the yeah. thing we're looking for in Tampa is uh, how do the quarterbacks play? That's the biggest biggest battle there. And for New York, you know, we're not going to see Rodgers. We, we, you know, so, I mean, is I that... think for, uh, for New York, your biggest concern is your offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And offensive line for basically most of this offseason has just been a big question mark for everyone. You know, they, I, I just, I remember seeing just, Basically, every interview with Aaron Rodgers just going back to the issue of that offensive line. And he's very much been, I wouldn't say dodging the question, but just being very coy about it. Just being like, yeah, it's fine, you know. Well. But it's like, it's very obvious this this offensive line really needs to step up. Like, mm-hmm. you expect a lot more from a lot of these guys, and they're just really not looking good in training camp and just not looking great during preseason reps which gives me reason to believe why a big reason why Aaron Rodgers will not play a preseason snap is because of just how inconsistent they've been. 
Yeah. Well, uh, one other thing I'll say with the Jets is Zach Wilson has looked really good um, in both of their games so far, um, especially last week in Carolina, had command of the offense. And uh, I'm looking for him to do that again um, against uh, – and like I said, again, with the Bucks, uh when we re- recapped the Steelers-Bucks game, the Bucks, even though, you know, all the talks about the quarterback and offense – their defense is still pretty decent, um, so it, it'll be a good test for Zach Wilson um, against the Tampa defense. Yeah, that's still a very good defensive line. Yeah. Vita Vea is fun to watch. And uh, Tim Boyle rebounded after his poor Hall of Fame game, um, played well last week in Carolina in the second half. So um, I like the Jets minus three and a half. I think uh, the Steelers blew him out in Tampa, so I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Jets do the same in MetLife. Um, I think the Jets had the better backup quarterbacks, and uh, the depth on the defensive line really showed in Carolina last week throughout the the remainder of the second half. So I think they're they're, they're going to get after Baker Mayfield in the second half of this game and. Uh, the Tampa offense is going to struggle once again to score. Total is 37. Um, I'll go with the under because I don't think the Bucks are going to score enough to get that thing over. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very wide offensive game from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, all right, the 0-1 Chiefs, 7.5-point favorites. Uh, at the 1-0 Cardinals. Uh, total is 48 p.m. tomorrow. And uh, I think we will see Mahomes again. Uh, we saw him in New Orleans on Sunday. Uh, we should see him again here. And uh, the Cardinals had a comeback victory last week behind... Um, trying to remember who the uh the quarterback was it david blau or clayton toon uh, clayton toon or no no blau yeah blau blau got him to come back in the uh in the fourth quarter there and win the game on two-point conversion i believe um i could be wrong but Maybe it was. No, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was David Blau. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, should see Patrick Mahomes. I am unsure if we're gonna see Colt McCoy. Um, I can't recall if he played last week or not. He did play. I, he went four for four for seventeen yards. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so well, yeah, we should see him again. Um. Anyways. And. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest thing of the Cardinals is is the defense, and uh, Clayton Tune. Um, that's been the talk of Cardinals camp so far. The rookie quarterback out of Houston. 
think the Chiefs win this one. Um, I have them teased in uh, in one of my teasers down to uh, minus a half. So I like that. Um, think they're going to win this game, though, based off the uh, the backup quarterbacks. Blaine Gabbert played decent last week um, in New Orleans, as did Shane Bouchelle. Um and even Chris Oladokun uh, played decently, even though they lost that one. But yeah, I really don't have much on the Chiefs, other than the the starters. Um, yeah, I, I with the Chiefs, you just you know what you got, you know, when it comes to starters, you know. I don't. I'm kind of surprised at a seven and a half point favorite, especially with the expectation that Mahomes doesn't really play more than a drive. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, I mean, Cardinals are coming off a win. So, I mean, unless there's an injury we're both missing, I'm kind of surprised at that spread. I would take, honestly, I would take Cardinals plus seven and a half. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm i not too comfortable on it. Um, but I like the teaser. I like the tease down to, down to a half for the Chiefs. Um, total, I'm going over because... They um, they had a decently high scoring game against New Orleans last week, and the Cardinals scored 18 um, against the Broncos. So I would lean over on this game, even though it is one of the higher ones at 40. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think there's a lot of scoring depth on both of these teams. Um, I think you got a lot of guys fighting for positions, wanting to get to the end zone, you know, trying to find their spots. So I, I think this hits the over. And make sure for Arizona to uh, keep an eye out for my guy, Michael Wilson, uh, third-round pick out of Stanford there. Um, excellent player that I think is going to have a big role this year. Uh, tight, 0-1 Titans, 2.5-point favorites at your Vikings, who are 0-1. Um, totals 37, 8 p.m. tomorrow night. And uh, I'll, I'll let you roll with this. This is your team's game. My boys, the Minnesota Vikings, who have not won a preseason game since 2019. That's right. <laughs> that is right, ladies and gentlemen. The reverse Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> of all teams. But uh, I watched them last week. I mean, I really liked Nick Mullins. I really did not like Jaron Hall. Uh, mm. Offensive line depth is rough. There is a, like, by the, by the second half, it felt like, Jaron Hall. I, I couldn't tell if I didn't like Jaron Hall because I thought he was bad or I didn't like him because he just couldn't get any type <laughs> of his job. But, um, yeah, it, the, the Vikings just have a lot of question marks. Uh, the Vikings and Titans also had, uh, you know, joint training camp this week. Uh, and it got, uh, it got pretty chippy at times. Um, there is a play, uh, I can't remember who did it Hold on. i'm looking it up there was a play that got a a lot of looks one was really bad for the vikings one was really good uh <laughs> tier tart um he's a defensive lineman for the minnesota vikings i mean not minnesota vikings uh, tennessee titans he went up against our starting center garrett uh garrett bradbury and just threw him to the ground getting to the quarterback i mean like threw him to the ground 
looked over him and just went boom <laughs> right to his face. I mean, it got pretty it was pretty ugly. And I mean, if if that's how the season's gonna go, offensive line wise, I mean rest in peace <laughs> to my cousins. Have some fun, man. I hope you do well. Uh, another big story from that training camp. I forget who it was, but uh, it was uh, they were doing game drills, and the Vikings were on defense, and the Titans were on offense. And Malik, Malik Wilson throws it into double coverage uh, in the end zone and gets picked off. And the Vikings cornerback that picked it off grabbed the ball and slung it to the Titans' uh sideline <laughs> i mean threw it as hard as he can and uh it got chippy from there so um i expect this game to be kind you know kind of mean i think yeah. uh i think uh the the uh, joint training camp really made these guys not like each other so well, uh, i mean other than that the, the only real storyline i got from the vikings right now is it looks like uh it looks like Ivan Pace Jr. is going to move up that depth chart and possibly mm-hmm. start. Uh, Brian Osamoa, he's pretty solid, but he's been nursing a couple injuries, and he's kind of a question mark right now. But uh, Ivan Pace has just looked fantastic. He looked really, really good against Seattle, and uh, I think he definitely deserves uh, some starting time. So you're going to see a lot of him in the first half. Uh, Vikings aren't nursing a lot of injuries, so I think you're expecting just about everyone to play. Maybe Kirk plays. Our, I highly doubt it, yeah. but maybe. I mean, I mean, if Kirk doesn't play, I don't think you'll see Jefferson uh, or Osborne or Hawkinson. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, still, we haven't won a preseason game since 2019. It doesn't seem like we give a damn about winning a preseason game. And uh, personally, I, I don't. I would I would take the Titans for this one. I think Titans have a lot of players have a lot to prove. I think uh, I think you're going to expect Malik Willis to really just try to step up. Um, he's had some bad throws in the joint training camp, but I think he's expected to do a lot better. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I hate to go against my boys, but I, I have to for this one. I think um, I think. Uh, I think if I were a betting man, I would take Titans uh, minus three and a half and uh, over under at 37. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem with the Vikings right now. It's um, They had 17 points in the first half against uh, Seattle, but the second half they only had, they could only muster up three points. So, I mean, it just depends on how much – you give Jaron Hall and the, those third string linemen uh, in terms of looks, but I would, I would, I would take the over. I would take the over on that one. I think the Vikings get at least seventeen, and I think they'll probably lose to the Titans. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wish I could say more about the Vikings and be more hunky-dory about their chances, but our offensive line in training camp has just looked really rough. And it looked really bad last week in Seattle. And I think it really affected uh, us in the second half. And Jaron Hall just had a horrible second half. I mean, other than that pass to Nikhil Harry, there really wasn't a highlight in the second half offensively for the Vikings. So, yeah, yeah. I mean... 
if you want to watch good football, turn this game off at halftime uh, <laughs> so you don't have to watch the second half of the Vikings trying to figure out how to throw, throw the football with an offensive line that is, you know, worse than a pylon. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. My thing for this game is do the starters play, Ryan Tannehill or Kirk Cousins. Um, and... I saw Kirk take a lot of reps in the joint practices, so I think maybe he'll get a drive. Uh, I haven't heard much about Tannehill. Uh, he took a lot of uh, individual practices with just Titans personnel during the mm-hmm. joint training camp. It was mostly Malik, uh, Malik that took uh, all the uh, you know reps in the joint practices. So I don't know. I think this. I think uh, this is going to be another just Malik Wilson game. Yeah, if it's a if it's a Malik Willis uh, Will Levis game then um, I am not so sure that the Titans win this one um, based off what they looked like against the Bears last week. Uh, I mean, they and, still put up some points. And, I mean. and for the Vikings, uh, yeah, I think Nick Mullins um, looked pretty good in Seattle. Darren Hall's got a lot of work to do. Um, so for that reason, I like the under because of the inexperience at quarterback. Uh, for both sides, um, I really wasn't impressed with the two Titans young guys. Wasn't impressed with Jaron Hall from a guy that I really liked coming out in the draft. Jaron Hall I really liked even um, when he dropped down to the fifth round there. Um, so for that, I like the under 37. Um, and that's really what I'm watching in this one is the is I would the say play. As a Viking fan, I almost wish they threw out Jaron Hall in the first half and let him get to play with at least a starter or two on the offensive line because, man, he he looked very uncomfortable. And I think it would do a lot for him if it was just like, hey, we're going to let you take a drive in the first quarter. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have Jordan Addison. You're going to have Jalen Rager. You're going to have Nick Muse. You're going to have, you're going to have the starting, you know, a starting lineman or two so that's what i if i if i had my choice i would definitely just i would get jaron hall just a first half drive just to yeah. keep someone because <laughs> i mean there's only so much you can do with you know guys like you know dwayne mcbride and Nikhil harry and freaking christian delaro god christian delaro yeah. um all right, the uh, the next game here, 0-1-1 Patriots at the 1-0 Packers. Pack getting 2.5 in Green Bay. Um, total is also 37 for this one, 8 p.m. as well. Um, and this is the one I have the, uh, the most uh, insight into, watching Packers-Patriots practice. Um, love the alliteration there, right, on uh, Wednesday. But... Um, from what I saw in that joint practice anyways, both defenses played very well. Um, Mac Jones struggled a little bit. Jordan Love also struggled. Um, got some rhythm, though, when he got in on the second possession um, with the ones. But uh, I think I think they're going to be good. Um, the Packers played very well last week in Cincinnati. And uh, I am looking forward to my guy, Sean Clifford, Penn Stater, um, playing well again. He played well in, in that joint practice, 
had a beautiful, had the throw of the day. Uh, beautiful sideline bomb to Malik Heath um, for a touchdown. Um, right, pretty much right on the front pylon um, on the right right side of the end zone. But uh, so that's what I'm looking for is is Sean Clifford also. Uh, undrafted running back Emmanuel Wilson had a fantastic week last week. Two touchdowns on the ground. Um, looking for him. For the Patriots, uh, you know, their defense is going to play well again. Um, and my guy Bailey Zappi, I'm looking at him. Other than that, I, the the biggest thing the Patriots have to do in this game is, from last week anyways, is throw the ball down the field. Uh, I mean, they had most of their passes were all within, you know, like 15 yards. So they, they have to throw the ball more vertically than horizontally, um, and we'll see if they can do that in this game. Yeah, I, I'm starting to worry with – Bill Belichick, I think he really wants Mac Jones to be Tom Brady, and <laughs> he's not. Mac Jones really likes putting the ball over the field. So Mac Jones likes to take more risks than Tom Brady, and I think he really got to build an offense around that. Like It was very clear last year Mac Jones really did not like the conservative offense he was forced to run. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to like make him play like – a game manager who dinks and dunks and gets you five to six yards of pass play and just a lot of curl routes and not much yards after catch. Uh, it's probably going to drive him nuts. I think you really got to open this offense for him. I mean, you you got wide receivers that can do it. I mean, you went out and got Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, you got Mike Gesicki. I mean, and sure, like Devontae Parker was statistically one of the worst wide receivers last year, but I think Devontae's kind of like Mac Jones. Devontae's not a short dink and dive wide receiver. You got to get Devontae down the field. And I think mm-hmm. if if Bill O'Brien can't figure that out after Mac Jones having to spend one year with uh, Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator, I think you're you're gonna see Mac Jones demand you know demand his way out of there because. This offense is way too conservative for Mac Jones. And I get Bill Belichick has, has basically run the same offense for 25 years, and it's won him six Super Bowls. Good for him. But you got to mix it up when you have a new quarterback. Yeah, and I think especially with, with Bailey Zappi, um, coming from the Western Kentucky offense, and even before that, the Houston Baptist um, offense as well, spread uh, spread football, um, throwing deep bombs and uh, hurry up also, but obviously it's pro style now um, yeah. and stuff, but, you know. Yeah, another guy I'm pretty interested in seeing, I wonder if they're going to give you know Malik Cunningham some more reps. Mm-hmm. He looked really solid. I mean, I think uh, I think you got to give him a full quarter and just kind of just let him sling it, because I mean he moved in the pocket. He looked all right. He, you know, he made the right plays. He didn't. I don't. Did he turn the ball over? I don't think he did. He looked mm-hmm. all right. I mean, I think you gotta you gotta give Cunningham a you know 
couple more reps out there. Um, yeah, I don't really have a uh, play on that one. Uh, yeah. So, but hey, we're gonna see Yorkville High School Foxes alumni Jason freaking Lawan really kill it out there. I got a good feeling. I already put my entire mortgage on him getting two plus sacks in today's game. I mean, Saturday's game, you know, so if he doesn't do it, uh, I'm homeless. So, uh, <laughs> number 60 out there. I guy. Um, yeah. You sent me a picture of him, uh, while you, while I was down in Florida and I was just genuinely shocked at just how <laughs> massive the kid was. Yeah. I mean, I looked at him, I was like, holy, like he was a big guy in high school. But like, I didn't realize this guy was almost 300 pounds of muscle and like six foot seven. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> and the funny thing is, this is going to make me crapping on my high school, uh, you know, from way back when. Uh, I would never in a million years think anyone from my high school could even sniff an NFL roster. Because the senior year of my my senior year of high school, our football team went like 0 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> so like... When I saw that Jason Lawan became an undrafted free agent of Packers, I was like, holy crap, someone from my high school ended up on a football roster? That's bull. There's no way. But yeah, hey, good for him. Yeah, uh, Indiana State, right? Uh, uh, no, Illinois State. Illinois State. Yeah. Same, same thing. Go Redbirds. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> I mean, they both had birds that are red. Uh, anyways, uh, how about the, uh, 0-1 Broncos, four-point favorites at the 0-1 49ers, total is 39.5, 830 p.m. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Broncos win that game, um, we'll see Russell Wilson hopefully better than last week, and hopefully, uh sean payton isn't as pissed as he was at the starters making them go out for a few extra drives because it didn't look great against a team that is probably going to have the number one pick in the cardinals next year um so against a a definitely a little little bit harder defense (laughs) um against the 49ers we got to see russell play better um I mean, they the Broncos did everything to make this team better for Russell. They got him a very good offensive coach that works really well with quarterbacks. They got him some talent. I mean, you really got to prove that you're not cooked. And yeah. it starts now. Like, everyone gave me the benefit of doubt. I would say I gave him a lot of benefit of doubt last year because I think, I think the Broncos coaching staff was just wholly unprepared to give him an offense that worked for him. But, I mean, hey, like, if you come out and look sheepish against one of the worst teams in the NFL, even though it's preseason, you can't look sheepish. And then you're going up against the 49ers, who have a very good defense. But, I mean, you you better have spent the last week really figuring it out because if you give Broncos fans reason to feel the exact same way they did halfway through last season, like – your public enemy number one i don't know if there's any like i don't know if there's any chance of getting that off your ledger like 
any chance of Russell Wilson bring, being considered maybe a borderline Hall of Famer is gone if he doesn't figure it out. They're going to be calling Jarrett, Jarrett, Jarrett. Oh, <laughs> Jarrett they're they're going to be calling for John Elway to come out of the like owner's box and just throw a couple. I mean, he's <laughs> not even an owner anymore. That's how bad it's going to get. Um, and for the 49ers, it's sort of the same thing. I, I mean, we're not going to see Brock Purdy. So Trey Lance is going to get the start again. And he played like absolute crap in Vegas last week. Has to play so much better. And, and it was really bad. Um, it looked really bad for Trey Lance. Um, whenever... Sam Darnold um, came in and and played better. I mean, Sam Darnold didn't play the greatest either. Uh, they were they were another team last week that the offensive line was just horrible. Um, but uh, you know, Trey Lance this is year three, bro. Uh, I know I talked about it on Tuesday. You know, he's had all the injuries and stuff, but it's year three. You, you gotta you gotta go. Um, so that's why I think the Broncos are going to win this game. They have a better roster, um, um, especially at the quarterback position. From what I saw with San Fran's quarterbacks last week, I just do not trust Trey Lance to win this game. <laughs> Who do you think's under more pressure right now, Trey Lance or Russell Wilson? Because, I mean, Wilson. you got a couple quarterbacks that are just not making the contributions. Wilson. The- Wilson, Wilson, definitely, yeah. yeah. He gave up a lot to give Wilson. Yeah. I mean, Sam Fragman did give a lot, give up a little bit of draft capital to move up and get Lance. Yeah, but they pretty much already so made Brock Purdy the starter. So yeah, that's um, true. Trey Lance is a backup. I mean, now that he's playing badly, though, like Sam Darnold could take the backup spot, which is even more an indictment of Trey Lance's bad play. Yeah. Um, that's rough. But, yeah, I like the Broncos minus four. Um, or if you want to – I don't know what the juice is on the money line, but I would be more confident in the money line um, than the, the, the four points. And uh, for totals, I'd like the under in that one. Um, I'm not going to play it, but I would definitely strongly lean under because of the quarterback play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the 1-0 Raiders, 3.5-point favorites at the 0-1 Rams. 40 for the total in that one, 9 p.m. Aiden O'Connell, that's that's the Raiders That's the Raiders storyline right now, is the fourth-round pick out of Purdue. Uh, lights out last week at home against uh, San Francisco. We'll see. Can he back it up? Um that's what I'm looking for 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 Vegas anyways because he's going to get the start again um, since Jimmy G's not going to play this preseason and for LA it's another rookie Stetson Bennett Um, played I thought he played decently last week Um, so should be some good quarterback play in this one I like like, uh, O'Connell and of course my guy Stetson I, I love him go dogs yeah, uh, it's gonna be the game of the unusual quarterback, <laughs> Denson and Aiden. Uh, a couple unusual late draft picks. Was Denson even drafted, or was he UDFA? I I always forget. 
Yeah, Stetson was actually also a fourth rounder. Really? I thought he was drafted much later. No, um, he was a surprise because I had him later. I had him in the sixth round, but yeah, he went in the fourth round. Um, and maybe maybe I overhyped Aiden O'Connell. Maybe Aiden went in the fifth. Yeah, yeah. I see Stenson's fourth. Oh no, I was right. I was right. Both fourth rounders. Right, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. And that's why we're not GMs. Love, love one. I will be eventually. You know, sometime um, before I'm fifty, but. Yeah, I, I, I really like I think the quarterback play is going to be pretty good in this one. I do lean the Raiders. I'm not so sure about three and a half. The Chargers crushed the Rams last week. Um, but, yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm looking at Aiden O'Connell. Zamir White as well getting more work this week. Um, and the Rams, they, they got a lot of positions to fill with undrafted free agents. So they got a lot of young talent. Especially defensively, so I lean Raiders. Um, yeah, I I have a bad feeling for the Rams this year. I think you said you thought the Cardinals were going to get the first overall pick. I think it might be the Rams. I think I genuinely think they're that bad. The offense uh, is not bad. Uh, it's the defense that's the issue. I don't know. I mean, it's like the Vikings. <laughs> Watch it. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't like that offensive line. I don't trust Stafford to have a fully healthy season. Um, and other than Aaron Donald, I don't know anyone on this defense. I re- I really think this team maxes out of like four wins. Yeah. So I um, the total is. 40. I'm leaning under on that one um, just because as much as I love Aiden O'Connell, Stetson Bennett in the second half, um, since it seems like the Rams are still putting um, Brett Rippin ahead of Stetson Bennett on the depth chart. So uh, I, I like the I lean under though. I think this might game, this game might be a surprise over, not because that there's good quarterbacks. I think it's because both teams have just horrific defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's in the second half you're gonna see a lot of just short yard passes just turn into just thirty yard breaks out of nowhere because of a busted coverage of a you know a young not very good undrafted free agent on one of the teams is just going to like completely miss a tackle or not be where he's supposed to be in the zone coverage. I, you know, I, I think I got to go opposite you there. I think, I think this hits over not because there's some unbelievable talent in the QB room of both these teams. I think there's just some absolute duds on the defense in both these teams. And they're just going to give up yards in the second half that a competent defense would never give up. Yeah, well, the Raiders' defensive line played very well, surprisingly, last week, so that could also be a factor in my under decision. Um, last game tomorrow, the 0-1 Cowboys at the 1-0 Seahawks. Seven-point favorites is Seattle at home. Uh, 40.5 is the total 10 p.m. NFL Network. Um Not sure about the starters for the Cowboys again. I would 
think the spread means that we're not going to see Dak and, and Pollard and those guys for the second straight week. Um, maybe, though, we, we do see Geno out there. Uh, we didn't get to see him last week um, when the Seahawks played the Vikings, but um, maybe we get to see Geno and, and the other guys. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to play, though, of course, being a rookie. Um, had a great game last week. Uh, we'll see if he can put another one together in this one and yeah that's you know the backup quarterback spot for the for dallas is a point of contention in this one cooper rush versus will greer will greer i think got the better of cooper rush last week so we'll see which guy plays better this one yeah i i think uh i think that's just the biggest i think that's the biggest offensive question mark for dallas right now is just who's that backup quarterback and who's going to fit into wide receiver four. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't get to watch last week's game for Dallas, but I didn't really hear much in terms of just receivers. I just, what was his name? Um, what, was it, who, what was his name on Dallas? He had a couple good receiving plays. Oh, John Stevens, Jr., I don't right know if he's is he even still on the friggin' roster. I have no idea. But he had a solid game. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he'll continue his uh, – maybe he'll continue a hot streak in the preseason, prove himself to be worthy of the fourth or fifth spot. Yeah. Well, I'll say the other tight ends. Uh, I think – I don't know if – I, I think there is a tight end battle as well in Dallas. I'll say uh, both of the top two guys – Played pretty well last week. Got some catches. Jake Ferguson, second-year guy out of Wisconsin, fourth-rounder last year. And uh, second-round pick, Luke Schoonmaker this year, um, I thought, out of Michigan, played well um, also last week. So tight end battle could be something to watch for Dallas. Um, for Seattle, uh, I mean, uh, Drew Locke uh, has been, was the story last week. Played excellent um, in his couple series that he got. The, uh, who was, does it just go lock to Ehlers? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, both the quarterbacks played well last week. Holton Ehlers undrafted out of ECU. So, uh, maybe that's why the Seahawks, uh, I think they do have the better quarterbacks, um, so maybe that's why the Seahawks are seven-point favorites. I don't like that line, though. That's a lot in preseason. Um, and I don't really have a play on the total. I would lean um, over, though. I think over is a, is a good shot in that game. Yeah, Seahawks did really well offensively against the Vikings last year. I mean, last year, last week. So I would go over. I think both these teams are known for their offensive uh power so i mean easy over in my opinion uh we have a sunday night football game the one and oh saints three and a half point favorites at the one and oh chargers total is 38 705 p.m on nfl network um and for new orleans uh, i would assume that we're gonna see Derek carr and the starters out there again um uh, excellent first drive uh, one drive for Derek Carr last week, scoring a touchdown uh, to Keith Kirkwood. Michael Thomas caught a ball. Um, 
So I think I think uh, uh, Alvin Kamara was running well as well. So I think New Orleans going to look pretty good. Um, Jameis Winston played pretty well also. And uh, my guy, I love Jake Hayner, uh, fifth, uh, I think fifth rounder. Maybe it's another fourth rounder. I don't remember. I get jumbled around. But uh, Fresno State kid. Yeah, fourth, fourth rounder. Fourth rounder, dude. I'm I'm on fourth rounders. I'm on. Who's <laughs> uh, yeah. hiring you as their next GM? I mean, whoever <laughs> does, they're gonna be very happy. <laughs> Jake Hayner played excellent last week, also in the in the second half. So looking for those guys, um, and for LA, not sure if we're gonna see Herbert. I would hope we do um, because. They need some live game action in the new offense with Kellen Moore. So, um, and I also want to see how my MVP bet is gonna is gonna you look. Put money on Herbert. I did. I um, I I put money on Justin Herbert just this week to win MVP uh, because of the offense that I know Kellen Moore runs. So hopefully we see Herbert and the starters a little bit in this one. Um, then we'll see Easton Stick, Max Duggan, Max Duggan struggled last week in the second half against the Rams. Um, so we'll see if he can improve upon his week. But, um, yeah, I think uh, this is another game where I'm just watching quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And uh, I am going to I'm gonna go with the, the Saints spread, minus three and a half. Um, like I said, I think they had the better quarterbacks. Um, Easton Stick didn't play terribly against the Rams, but again, it's against the Rams. Um, just disclaimer there. <laughs> so I think against the uh, the Saints defense, which I believe is is pretty good, um, you know, top half of the league type of defense at the very worst. Um, so I think uh, the Saints can cover that three and a half. And for the total, I don't really have a play on that one. Uh, it really could be either or. It just really depends on uh, whether these quarterbacks just go out and just start slinging it. Yeah, for sure. And we also have a Monday night game this week. Uh, the one and Ravens. It's a it's a Washington battle. Uh, uh, well, it's a DMV battle, I should say. Um, the one and Ravens. Um, one point favorites at the one and commanders. 38 and a half is the over 8 PM ESPN. Um, I don't think we're going to see Lamar. Um, so means we're going to get another look and, uh, I haven't heard anything yet on, uh, which guy is going to start. If I'm Baltimore though, I'm starting Tyler Huntley. Uh, they started Josh Johnson last week. Huntley played way better than Josh Johnson did in that QB2 backup um, battle. So I'm starting Tyler Huntley if I'm Baltimore, if uh, they don't go with Lamar. And uh, we'll see if he can can get another week um, of good play. For Washington, we're going to see Sam Howell and that starting uh, Washington offense under Eric Biennemi there. I think uh, they played well last week against Cleveland, and I would expect them to play well again um, 
against the Ravens defense, that's pretty decent, but mentioned the issues in the secondary there. So, so do they break the streak for the Ravens? Uh, no, because I think that um, the backups played pretty well. I mean, it depends if Josh Johnson can play well this week. That's the biggest thing. Because the second half is going to be Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown. You got Jacoby Brissett and Jake Fromm. Um, so, no. I think the quarterback play still favors Baltimore a little bit. Um... But, no, I don't think Washington is the team to do it. I thought Philly was going to do it last week. And they fumbled the ball in the second half. So, uh, yeah. But I'm surprised it's only one point. I, I like it. I, I'm taking the Ravens minus one. Why not? Uh, you know, keep keep hitting it until <laughs> till they lose, right? <laughs> I mean, Got it. Uh, and they've only not covered their spread in their streak of 24 straight preseason wins. I believe they have not covered the spread in only like five. So uh, I don't know the exact stat, but it's something low like that um, out of the 24 wins that they really haven't. They've covered most of their games that they've won in the preseason. Um, And total, I like the under. Uh, like I said, I think Tyler Huntley is going to be the best quarterback in this game, possibly, uh, other than – I mean, Sam Howell. Sam Howell is pretty, pretty good. But um, in terms of the backup quarterbacks that are going to play, I think Tyler Huntley is the best one out of the, the four or five. And I think the second half, there really isn't going to be a lot of points scored with uh, Josh Johnson, Anthony Brown, Jacoby Brissett, Jake Fromm. So – I'm I'm looking at the under in that one. Yeah, I I think both of these offenses are kind of iffy right now, and uh, yeah, I mean I think the under is a pretty pretty decent one to take. I mean, unless Sam Howell comes out and just absolutely, I, I would say unless Sam Howell plays an entire half, I really don't know how mm-hmm. you really hit the over. Yeah. And that is a preseason week two, y'all. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday recapping all the games. Uh, It'll be quite a long show to recap all of them, but we'll do it. Uh, And then we'll take a look at uh, preseason week three. We got two games on Thursday night to talk about on Tuesday. So we'll look at those two games after we recap uh, week two. And, of course, give you all the uh, news and notes from around NFL college football. So uh, don't forget to follow us on all our social media, at FAA Podcast on X and Instagram, um, at FAA underscore bets on X as well. FAAPodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on Facebook, YouTube, and X, um, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Thank you, Jimmy. And uh, we'll see you back on Tuesday when we are in school.
don't know. 